pay it forward. Does anybody remember the movie? I didn't actually like the movie much myself. <laughs> but it, it fitted in well with what I wanted to say. Uh, it was actually released in the year 2000. And for those of you who haven't seen the movie, that was based on a book. So the, there was actually some substance behind it. Um, but the movie... Oh dear, I apologise to all the filmmakers um, who've made films that aren't based on books. But the movie was about a little boy who, when given a social studies assignment, creates a plan for paying forward acts of kindness. And this, this movie sparked a wave of people who wanted to help others so that they could help others and then help somebody else in turn. And of course, like all trends, the pay it forward trend sadly has faded into memory. But the phrase pay it forward has crept into common use in our language as a way of encouraging people to think of other people's needs before their own. Now next Sunday, as Liz has already mentioned, is our Vision Builders Sunday, where we're going to be launching Vision Builders 2024. So we like to look ahead. I know it's still only 2023 but it will extend into 2024. And so at the end of today's service, you'll actually receive on your way out a commitment card, which is like this. I know it's only small, um, but good things come in small pieces of cardboard. Um, and so we, assuming that you've still got your Vision Builders brochure from last week, and now if you've thrown it in the trash or lost it or the dog's eaten it, uh, there are new ones there that you, you can take with you uh, and they will have one of these in it and as usual it's a it's a card in two parts there's a commitment part and a remembrance part and the idea is that you fill both sides in it preferably the same <laughs> otherwise things can get very confusing and then you tear it in half and you put one bit on your fridge to remind you that you've actually committed something to vision builders and the other one to bring on Sunday uh, to place in the baskets that we will have and we will pray over um, the pledges that we are given next Sunday. So that's something to remember for that. And my prayer, of course, and I've said this many times so you know what my prayer is, is that everyone will participate in Vision Builders 2024 because, one, it shows God that we are united in our purpose and there is great power in that. But the second thing is that it shows our community that we have them in mind. And that's the second point that I want to touch on this morning. The idea that we are raising funds so that we can pay it forward. It's a very, very strong motivational sort of idea. And it, and it feels to us, I think, really a very strong moral standpoint. All right? so it's, it's good to pay things forward. Isn't it? I, I can stop there. But the thing is, we've got to ask ourselves, is it scriptural? Is the Christian life meant to be one of paying it forward? Or have we become seduced once again by worldly ideas that we've adopted as godly or holy? Let's just take a moment. That was, that was, a, that was a joke, sorry. Well, I'm glad you asked that question, even if you didn't ask it. Um, because at first glance, I think the answer seems obvious. Uh, of course, Jesus preached about it you know he talked about the, the two important laws Matthew twenty two thirty nine. 39 the second one is easy, is equally as important love your neighbor as yourself and there's that famous parable in Matthew eighteen twenty three about the king 
who forgives his servant an enormous debt. This servant owes the king millions of dollars. And, and the king has compassion on him, forgives his debt, and then finds him throttling somebody else that owes the servant money and mistreating him instead of showing him the same grace. In verse 32, it says, The king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant! I forgave that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And so we can see that there's, there's a theme of, of the grace that we have, the, the forgiveness that we have of paying it forward. And so there is an aspect of that. But if we read more carefully, I think we'll find that while there's a mandate to give and to be generous... There's a distinct difference between paying it forward and paying it back. For instance, in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 15, which we looked at last week, what do you think the master wanted from his servants? He wanted the money paid back to him. In verse 20, 26, the poor guy who buried it, the master says, you wicked and lazy servant. There's that word again. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. So the money is his. It needs to be returned to him. Can you imagine if any of the, the servants, the, you know, the one who had the 10, 10 talents and made 10 more, had told his master, yeah, well, I made 10 more and I saw somebody in need, so I gave it to them. Because I thought, well, you've been generous to me, so I'm paying it forward. I don't think the master would have been too pleased. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, For the scripture says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Now, those of us who do work, who have a job, would not look kindly on our employers at payday. If we came to them and said, I've worked hard all week, where's my pay? And they said, oh, well, thank you very much for your work, but we've given it to somebody in need. We thought you might like that. So we've just paid your wages forward. I don't think too many of us would be terribly impressed because we want the money paid back to us. And so generosity in paying it back, using these two examples, would be either wisely investing what we've, we have or making sure that our employer, for instance, is getting good value for money because of our great work ethic. So from a Christian perspective, when... Do we pay it forward? And guess what? There's a great story about that in the Old Testament. And it's a story where the city of Samaria is under siege and the situation is so dire that people are talking about eating each other. Now, you know things are bad when uh, your neighbour's on the menu. And so in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, We've got these four guys, see the four men with leprosy, sitting at the entrance to the city gates. And they're having a, a philosophical conversation, as you do. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. And if they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we'd have died anyway great fatalistic logic so at twilight they set out for the camp of the Arameans but when they came to the edge of the camp 
No one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys and everything else as they fled for their lives. And so when the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another and guess what they did? They scoffed all the food they could find. They started drinking the wine. They started collecting silver and gold and clothing and hiding it, thinking, wow, this is great. Look at what we've discovered. One minute we're starving and the next minute, not only have we got full bellies, but we're rich. But finally, finally, they say to each other, this is, this is not right. This is a day of good news and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall on us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. And so they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Aramean camp, they said, and no one was there. The horses and the donkeys were tethered and the tents were all in order. But there wasn't a single person around. Notice they didn't mention that they'd scoffed all the food. And then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the people in the palace. Because you see, the, the lepers realized that they had been the recipients of an incredible blessing from God. The Lord had caused the Arameans to flee. Now, it's interesting because think about it. They, they are unable to repay God for that miracle. But it eventually dawned on them that they needed to pay it forward. And so they shared the good news with the rest of the city. That's a nice story. But that actually has a pointy end. And the pointy end comes to us courtesy, of course, of the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, where he puts it like this. In Romans 1.14, he says, For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, the ed educated and uneducated alike. And so I am eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jews first and then also the Gentile. Because you see, we are in debt to God. We're in debt for salvation, for the sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross and for all his goodness towards us. We owe God. We are forever in debt to God. But guess what? This debt is absolutely unique. It can never be repaid. It should never be repaid. Any attempt to repay it is a contradiction of God's grace. We will never come out of debt to God, and that's what grace means. Grace would not be grace if you could pay it back. God would not be all-sufficient if his gift to us reduced his resources so that he needed repaying. Have you ever thought of that? And yet, as Christians, half of our life is spent doing good things to try and repay God for what he's done in our lives. At least that's how a lot of Christians approach doing good. And yet I believe that we dishonor God by trying to pay him back for his goodness towards, towards us. 
but I believe we're called to turn it around, as Paul says, into a great sense of obligation to the rest of the world. An obligation to preach the good news. And why do we preach the good news? It's the power of God at work. And that's what the world needs to see, the power of God at work. And so it needs to see something physical as well as, you know, they, they know that we come to church. The rest of the world knows we come into a building on Sundays and we sing songs and we listen to the word of God. But most of them don't know what that means. Most of them don't understand that there's a consequence of that or that should be a consequence of that. When we leave this place, we are called to actually bring the power of God at work into our world. And that's the essence of vision builders. We're not trying to pay God back with our good works to try and gain favor in his sight. We're drawing on his grace to pay it forward. We're expanding our house, to quote Isaiah 54. We're building a house for others as we, do, as we go overseas to Fiji and help other people bring the knowledge of Christ. We're reaching out to abused women and children. We're helping the homeless. Not because it's a good thing to do, but it is, well, it is a good thing to do, but not just because it's a good thing to do, but because it's a physical and visible way of bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to a desperate and needy world. Please join us next Sunday as we celebrate this. I know that for some of you, because Chris is going to be talking about money and they're going to be talking about it's not really preaching, so I don't want to come. I'll still be preaching, but still come. But I believe it, it's a time, you know, whether it, and if it does make you uncomfortable, I encourage you to come even more. We're not here to be comfortable. We're here to be challenged. We're here to, to see how God moves us through situations that we find difficult. I mean, sometimes there's guilt associated with our giving. We, we look at a commitment form and we think, well, if I fill that in and it's only for a dollar, somebody's going to know that I'm only giving a dollar. Well, guess what? God knows. But it's not a question of the amount. It's not a question. I don't know everybody's circumstances here. I'm not here to judge what everybody gives. All I know is that we can all be a part of something which God can do amazing things for. God can do more with a dollar than I can do with a million dollars. It's not a question of sort of worrying about what other people might think or, or how, how our giving might be perceived or anything like that. We've actually got to lay that aside. There's only very few people who know the, the facts and the figures about vision builders. And they've signed a document that says they will be shot if they they say anything and so I just encourage you it's to come along to be a part of it to see what God does pray about it during the week but I would love to see us all here next Sunday celebrating the fact that we are doing something which is a physical and visible way of bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to that world that he has called us to do it to can we just stand and pray as I finish?
You know, some of the things I say are probably just projections of my own feelings. Because when I, when I came into church, when I was asked about giving to something that used to be called a building fund back then, I was poor. And when I say poor, I had an extremely well-paying job and couldn't make ends meet. And I think everybody, everybody's poor at their level of, of income. But it was an attitude I had that I, I didn't want to part with what I had earned into the unknown. I didn't know what the church was going to do with it. I, I didn't know whether I'd see a benefit from it. I didn't actually understand that there was a, a principle at work that in paying it forward, I actually had the capability with my generosity to change the world. Now, if you're like me, when, when somebody says, well, you can change the world, I'll, I'll not see it, thank you very much. Show me. I've come to realise that some of the changes that perhaps I have put into place, I'm never going to see. They're going to happen way after I'm gone. They may happen in generations that I have had no contact with. But my trust and faith is that if I'm doing it in the name of Jesus, if I'm putting my trust in his provision and his generosity and his grace, then a step of faith that I take, even if I don't see the results, is a powerful step to take. So Lord, I pray right now that we as, as your church put our trust and our faith in your provision, in your kindness, in your love and in your grace. And we step out together as your bride, as your church, as your people. And we commit to bringing something tangible to this world that needs to know your name needs to know the benefits of following you needs to be on a path to bring them into your presence and into an eternal future with you speak to us this week Lord reveal to us our part to play Let us be bold. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.